Teachers, welcome to the thing that we do on Fridays. It's me, Brother Lawson. I'm here with Brother Wing. It's another week in the Old Testament. How are you, Brother Wing? I'm doing really good. You're surviving. How was Valentine's Day for you? Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Lots of love in the wing home. That's that's enough of that. So the um, speaking of Valentine's Day, we have a Valentine's story uh, that the students get to study this week in the in the Old Testament. The story of the romantic courtship of Isaac and Rebecca. It's it's magical, really. Actually, your students your students might be a bit mortified by (laughs) by the way this this. that this match was made, but it's actually a great story with wonderful principles that not only will apply uh, practically to dating and, and, and finding a future companion, but also uh, helping your students understand the importance of the covenant that God wants us to make with him and, and keep. So uh, how do we set up chapter 24, Brother Wayne? Yes, and I want to kind of interject a little general principle about scripture feasting on this, and then lead into 24. All right. So when we're when we um, are letting the students get take some time to study, whenever that is in the lesson, and however many times during that lesson, and then you kind of give them a chance to talk about what they found, what was their experience like when they were studying the scriptures, either by themselves or in small groups, Uh, and if you're finding the experience that the students aren't sharing, you know um much after that and so there's really you I'll, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say brother lawson but there's two primary reasons why i've seen that students don't share mm-hmm. after their study one is they didn't actually study <laughs> so, that's probably the number one survey says answer yeah yes. they they didn't they were just sitting there they were on their phone maybe and doing something else or just zoning out or going to sleep but they didn't actually study um, the second reason is um, that they they don't feel comfortable talking about their thoughts to the class. Like they don't feel safe, basically. They got something to say. They just don't want to say it in front of mm-hmm. other people. And if it's a personal thing, then, of course, that's, that's uh, definitely appropriate. But we don't want the student not feeling comfortable like that. So <clears throat> it's up to you as a teacher then to kind of gauge as best you can what's the actual issue are they not actually getting into the text or um does the class need to unify a little bit um feel a little safer maybe somebody to talk to somebody ahead of time say hey why don't you you be the go-to sharer after this is over and Mm -hmm. and break the ice basically make make other people feel comfortable uh, sharing their thoughts now i know it's february some of you are just rolling with this and this is not an issue at all Um, but maybe some of you are, uh, and you want to kind of do some things to kind of prime the pump here Mm -hmm. and help them to study. So, uh, one other tip or thought on this is that when you set up the study part, make sure that you're not just, okay, Hey, read, uh, you know, these, these chapters, make sure that you've given proper background, um, anything that's going to trip them up that, you know, is going to trip them up. For example, uh, chapter 24, if I'm going to lead my students into a study of chapter 24, I might say, hey, it's going to sound weird when Abraham tells his servant to put his hand under his thigh. Okay, (laughs) so 
check the footnote on that. Oh, and the glorious Joseph Smith translation comes yeah, through it won't again. Sound as weird, right? So just a heads up. Otherwise, they might get tripped up on that and be like, "What?" And on verse two, they're already kind of distracted. Yeah. Um, so that's the kind of that's the kind of thing that you would put up front beforehand to give them some background. Maybe you show them a map if that is is necessary. Maybe you define a word. Um, or maybe you just kind of explain the story generally. These are the kind of things that you would do ahead of time in that regard. The, the even bigger thing is that you present it with some enthusiasm, mm -hmm. you know, because you have studied this chapter and you're loving Genesis 24. You're like, this is really awesome. And you're not going to tell them all the, all, all the awesome things that you found um, necessarily, but you're just going to, you're going to come with some passion uh, on this. And so, and then uh, you might have an idea of them to look for. You might use the bookmark, um, but in a quick way, and I'm, I'm not saying this is 10 or 15 minutes, even though I'm taking 10 or 15 to explain it to you, but um, two, three, maybe five minutes to kind of give them some background, maybe give them a, a study thing to look for uh, aside from the bookmark. And then here's an idea for 24. So I'll just, I'll, this is my, uh, recommendation that was, a, that was a great that was a great soapbox i mean recommendation no you're exactly right the um and i'll just add on to one thing that you mentioned there and that is the absolute importance of the joseph smith translation teachers it's for whatever reason it's super easy just to just forget that it's there even brother wing and i noted in a in a couple of pretty popular um podcasts this week you know that a lot of the come follow me podcasts that that people do um, a couple of really popular ones. They never even mentioned uh, the Josephine translation with Genesis 19, which like, if you don't read the JST with Genesis 19, like we talked about last week, that's, that's troublesome. And, and so um, make a, you know, make a point when, when I study the old Testament, well, now it's all marked in my old Testament anyway, but I went through before I'd read any chapter, I'd go through and I would circle every single Josephine translation in my, my paper copy and mark it in the, in the text. So I'd know to, to look at that. And so that's a, that might be something for one of your students who's struggling to read. Say, well, mark all the JSTs that you can for the next 10 minutes. And uh, that's a good activity. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, here's an idea for 24. It better be good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of setup. So I asked the students, like, what's something that, that is, hard for other people like other people think it's scary but you don't sushi yeah. it's a good example mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so there's just various things you know maybe it's jumping off cliffs you know and in, into water <laughs> yeah into water well you know thanks like, for clarifying that <laughs> that's like sounded <laughs> weird um or maybe it's uh you know giving a talk in church Mm -hmm. um, might be the thing, but they'll have various things that they can say. And then you can kind of, you might get to know them a little bit better, kind of opens them up, wakes them up uh, a little bit, and then kind of lead that into, okay, so when was the last time that God, you felt like God wanted you to do something, but you didn't think you could do it, or it was just, you were nervous about it. Like, it's kind of scary, like mm -hmm. speaking in church or, or a church calling or a prompting to talk to somebody. Um, and, you know, they might, they might talk about that or 
think about that. What's, what's the experience like? What do you do in those situations, whether they identify one or not? What do you do in those situations? And then just say, look, if you've ever been in this situation, or maybe you're in this situation right now, you know, uh, here's something that you can do to help that will help you and strengthen you in these moments. It's to read Genesis 24. It's got a story in here that will inspire your faith that miracles can happen. And if God's called you to do something, then go for it. Like it might be scary, uh, but go for it because the Lord can orchestrate miracles. So read Genesis 24. It's got a great story in it. And then boom, let them go. And I like it. Time. I like it. And there's, I, there's, there's a bunch of characters in uh, Genesis 24. I think there's like four main characters. You got Abraham, you got Eleazar, who is Abraham's servant. I know that because I looked in the footnote and it took me back to Genesis 15. That's the guy's name. And then, um, and then you got uh, Isaac and then you got Rebecca. Right. And then you got Rebecca's brothers and stuff and they're cool too. They have a cool part in this story. But um, one of the things you also might do is, is I think, I mean, if your class is right, if, if, if you got the kind of class that you can do this and your, you teachers know, if you do, you might read this whole entire chapter as a class and you can assign some people like, okay, you guys over here, you're, you're Abraham you're Eleazar, you're Isaac, you're Rebecca. And uh, you don't have to do it as a class. You could do it individually. But uh, one of the things you could do is explore the idea of like, how does God want, uh, how, the, just the question, how does God want me to feel about the, about, uh, the covenants that he wants to make with me? And then from the example of Abraham and the example of Eleazar and the example of Isaac and the example of Rebecca, have the students make a list of things that they did that indicated that uh, this covenant was important to them. Um, I had a, I was, a teacher texted me a question recently like, that they were really struggling to, to see, like, how, how can I help my students see the Savior in, in the Old Testament? I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that. I think this is one way is to is to look at these stories through the perspective of these faithful people and to see what did they do? I mean, the, these are people who love the Lord and want to keep his commandments. So what are some of the things they're doing? You know, if you you can make a list of all the things that Eleazar did and all the things that Rebecca did and Isaac and, and Abraham, and then you can try to compare those things uh, in your own in in your life. Your students can say, OK, well, they did this. But what's something I could do? Um you know, just right from out, off the, out of the out of the shoot where um, Abraham says to his to Eleazar, don't let my son take a wife from the daughters of the Canaanites. Right? Make sure that you find somebody who is of the covenant so that this covenant can continue. Right. So. And then Eleazar is kind of like the main guy in the story, but it's amazing what he goes through to make sure that he finds just an awesome, righteous, covenant-keeping person. Don't forget that there is an awesome, uh, I think I'm using the word awesome a lot in the podcast today, but there's a really a great Joseph Smith translation that talks about, that gives us an idea that Rebecca was like no other, no other woman. Like, not only was she just awesome but, and great, but she was like no other. And so make sure you, um, there was none known 
the like unto her, I think is the JST in, in uh, I believe it's in verse 16. So that might be one way to approach Genesis 24. I like your idea almost as good as mine. <laughs> and uh, and um, I like your idea because you could take that and then say, you know, what do you, what are you, what's impressive to you about mm-hmm. each of these people, each mm-hmm. of these characters, you know, and they can start to identify characteristics of the individuals, Abraham as well. Like he's in his old age, but he's really focused on yep. covenants still. And he's, he's looking into the future and he's, he's maybe considering us, you know, and, and how this would affect us. And so, uh, but then this servant, man, he's so impressive. Uh, he's carrying out a task by assignment and praying to the Lord that he can be successful in this task that will bless other people. Um, it's just a very impressive qualities about this servant. And, and, and Rebecca, you know, the thing that I, I, there's some implied uh, attributes I'll say about Rebecca that I think are amazing. You know, the, the fact that she, she obviously um, takes care of Eliezer, gives him water, but then waters all the camels. I think the camels, I'm not a camel expert like you, Brother Wing, but I think that I've read online that they can re- they can drink up to 20 to 50 gallon. I can't imagine they drink 50 gallons. Uh, 20 gallons of water at a time. And, and there's like 10, I mean, Rebecca's a 10 camel woman. And so they've got a, she's got to um, give them all something to drink and and uh but so she's a hard worker but the thing that i really like the most i mean uh eliezer must, must be going oh what, what a what a woman here but the thing that i like the most about rebecca is that her brothers you know they were pretty excited for her but they said to eliezer hey can she stay for like 10 days with us and you know we're we're going to hang out. We're going to have a family reunion. We're going to go whatever, uh, fish in together. Just before we send her away, can we have 10 days? And Abraham's servants said, no, I, I got to go now. And they asked Rebecca what, what to do, and, you know, what, what she wanted. She said, I'll go right now. But, but the thing that I like is that her brothers, that tells you what kind of, what kind of gal she was, was her brothers wanted her to stick around. She, they loved her and they, they wanted her to be around them. And so, and sure enough, when she meets Isaac, Isaac loves her too. He just thinks that she's fantastic. So, so I think it's important to establish because because there's going to be a weird story with Rebecca here in a little bit. Uh, but I think it's important to establish like Rebecca is awesome. She is she's one of the greatest, and um, that's important for them to know when they get to the story of Jacob and Esau. I think yeah, that's really great. And you know, teachers, you can take you can let your students kind of focus there with verses twelve through 28 and possibly have them look for qualities that Rebecca has that, Mm -hmm. that are where she's being a great example to us. She's our mother and, and she's teaching us um, about life by her life. Excellent. All right. Genesis 25. What do, what do we, did we do 25 to 27 in a, in a day? And so we're going to be kind of cruising but 25 is when Abraham dies. Maybe a, a, a short thing that you can do is you know, give some context in chapter 25 and say Abraham dies in chapter 25. There's some good context. But maybe, uh, you know, read verses 5 through 10 and, um, and just ask your students, like, what do you think the Lord loves 
loved about Abraham. Just let them remember Abraham for a little bit. And, you know, maybe have them remember some of the experiences that you've read about already with Abraham. But but just ask him, what, you know, what, does, what do you think the Lord loved about Abraham? And just let him remember that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the end of that chapter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's as we learn about the birth of Esau and Jacob, you know, and then obviously we get a kind of flash forward in their lives to, to see about this birthright, you know, and you might just have the students, you know, how does, how does Esau feel about the birthright? How does Jacob feel about the birthright? Why do you think they feel those various ways um, about That's it? That's a great question. Yeah. Why, yeah. why does Esau feel the way that he feels about the birthright? And why might Jake, I mean, the scriptures don't seem to really indicate, but I mean, it's something your students will have thoughts about, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. so that might help lead them into understand that story a little bit better, because can, can you actually sell it? I don't, I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, but it might be that we're, the writer of Genesis has given us a clue mm-hmm. about where Esau's at, just yeah. why would he you know, and why, and Jacob clearly is, we're getting a clue about him too, that he values this. Yeah. Recognizes the importance of it. Yeah. I was obviously a patriarchal blessing is not a birthright necessarily, but I had an experience once talking to a young man who um, his parents really wanted him to have a patriarchal blessing. So I, I I was talking to this kid and I was like, Hey, um, so are you thinking about getting a patriarchal blessing? He's like, no, like, do you want one? And he says, no, not really. And so, you know, you got the, you got the parents who are really pushing this, like, yeah, this is, you need to have this, you need to have this. And this kid's like, I have no desire. I mean, if that kid would have got a patriarchal blessing with that attitude, how, what good would that patriarchal blessing do for that kid? Right. And so uh, I think it's important to recognize that. I think that's probably, it's a weird story about selling a birthright with, with pottage, um, or lentils, right, for beans. Um, but I think maybe that story, that story is in there just to, to illustrate, hey, here's an example of how, of what you need to know about, I guess the writer could have said, Esau didn't care about the birthright, but instead he said, here's a little experience that would show, show you Let that. me illustrate it. Let me illustrate mm-hmm. it for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, all right. So then, uh genesis 26 one important thing to know uh well you know i think i think isaac um i I think maybe some of your students might be able to relate a little bit to isaac in genesis 26 because midway through there he gets uh he gets bullied a little bit um he is bullied by uh by these guys who keep taking over the wells that he digs right and he moves to another one he moves to another one but uh but eventually um the the lord appears to him and says hey in verse 24 and says i'm with you and i'm gonna bless you and multiply the seed and for abraham's sake and so isaac here uh even though he's getting bullied uh he has a testimony of of god he knows that god is with him and that that can help. I know that our the bullying is a thing that that occurs today, and it can make uh, teenagers feel isolated and and afraid. Uh, maybe they could take some courage from from Isaac here 
and uh, recognize that God still loves them and, and it's a hard thing they're experiencing, but God's with them. I really like that application. And, you know, it is true. It's like, how did Isaac handle those situations? Mm-hmm. And he just was such a peacemaker. And he, he learned like, from his dad. Yeah, he's like Abraham in that, that regard. And he just kind of moved on. And, yeah, there's a lot of work there. And he definitely had to exercise some patience. Um, but then there's a compensation <laughs> that the Lord and the Lord can always do this for us. And yet yeah, might take a long time, years uh, even. And yet, uh, Isaac, we can be confident in, the, in goodness and in our connection with God. And that's another good um, example. Here. By the way, we kind of, I think I want to go back. We skipped over the fact that Isaac had to wait a long time to get married. Oh, yeah, he did. That's true. And he was 40 when he got married. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? That's that's getting up there, you know. Um, and uh, I only say that because I was close. <laughs> um, but uh, um, and then Rebecca, you know, and Isaac, they wait a long time uh, to have children, and so and just it's a it's a sweet story how mm-hmm. Isaac prays for uh, Rebecca, and that they're both. Um, eventually blessed but we yeah. you, you're still getting the story that there's patience there's unfortunate things there's things that you don't want in our timing but as we we stay with the lord we listen to him we're willing to do the things that he would have us do even when people are bullying us we're peacemakers you know that that the the results that we want are eventually going to come absolutely you know and and in that same and back in or over in 26 um, right at the end, I think gives you, I think is an important thing to point out the last two verses, Esau marries a Hittite, which, um, man, was that like marrying somebody from like central Utah? I don't know, but the, <laughs> I don't know. That means marrying somebody from, uh, outside of the covenant. And then verse 35, which was a grief of mind unto Isaac and Rebecca, why would they be, why would they be so concerned about Esau marrying outside of the covenant to the, to the fact that this is the grief of mind? What do you think, brother wing? Yeah. The, um, the marriage covenant is so essential. We don't want to go backtracking and living like they were prior to the flood. You know, when there was, they had almost eradicated eternal marriage. And so um, now they've got this opportunity to have these covenants, build these multi-generational families um, and bless the world and fulfill the responsibilities of the Abrahamic covenant. And if you marry outside the covenant, you've, you've really hurt, hurt yourself in living up to the Abrahamic covenant and therefore receiving the blessing. So, yeah, there's a grief of mind. Right. Uh, for parents. Which then, you know, maybe leads us into uh, the the actions of of Rebecca, which are sometimes difficult to understand in in chapter twenty seven. This covenant was so important uh, to Rebecca and to Isaac. Um, in fact, the very last verse of twenty seven sounds a lot like the very last verse of twenty six, where 
Rebecca's like, Jacob better not marry outside of the covenant. I'll, I'll worry my life. I, I am weary of my life because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob takes out the wife of daughters, what good shall my life do me? I mean, this is, I think that's an important thing to recognize. Like, this is everything to Rebecca. This covenant is everything to her. And so uh, we have this, we have this um, moment in chapter 27. How would you set up a scripture study in, in 27, Brother Wayne? Yeah, again, so it's kind of a long story and you want to, let the students kind of get the story. So then how do you lead them in to like get interested yeah. <laughs> you know, in this story? And, and, and it is a little confusing. Like I can't, I can't perfectly explain what's going on here, but I do. I, you said it again, the, it illustrates how people feel about these things. How does Esau feel about the birthright? You get an illustration of that. How does Rebecca feel about, you know, the, this, uh, blessing for Jacob and, and him marrying within the covenant. Like you, you see how she feels uh, about it. And, you know, she's already gotten some revelation. This is, I think it's important to know, like when they're in the womb, like she, she kind of understands what is going to happen. And so I'm not trying to, I'm just, the story kind of tells you that yeah. she knows a little bit more ahead of time. So when it comes to this point, Maybe that explains why she's doing what she's doing. And she feels like it's the right thing to do. Yeah. There's, there's a number of things. Your students will have questions like this. Like, is she, can you really trick the prophet this way? Like what's up with, with Isaac not knowing like, and Jacob, can you really get a blessing by tricking the prophet? Um, and so I think there's a couple of things, a few things that are important to understand. Number one, there's, we believe in we believe that the Bible is the word of God as far as it's translated correctly. And we know not not all the Bible is translated correctly, and that there are plain and precious truths being left out. So it's possible that there's more to this story that we just we're just not understanding. It's also possible that Rebecca received a revelation, like that the Lord told her, Hey, this is something that that needs to happen. Go ahead and and um have Jacob do this. And uh it also could be, I mean, all of these things, it could be, it also could be that, that Rebecca maybe should have exercised a little bit of faith and, and just saw what the Lord was going to, to do and how he was going to, to fix it. Um, whatever it was, we know that, uh, that Esau wasn't denied a blessing or that Jacob didn't steal a blessing because in verse 37, we have Jacob or we have Isaac blessing Esau. And, uh, and with a really awesome blessing and, you know, cause Esau's throwing a tantrum and he's got to get him to be quiet, but, um, but he, but Esau's not, Esau gets what he wants. He didn't want the birthright, but he got a, he got a blessing. Uh, and so he, and that's what he got. So the right guy got the blessing, how, it, how it got there is a bit of a mystery and it's okay that it's a mystery, but we do know the that we don't trick, you know, we can't trick God into, uh, we can't trick our, you know, deceive God into uh, getting into the celestial kingdom or with covenants or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Isaac could have, he had the authority to remove mm -hmm. any blessing and maybe through this whole uh, situation, he, he comes to realize and feel like, yeah, you know what? It, this is the way it worked out. And it's actually, it's got the right result. 
And so he could have revoked it and he didn't. And he, yeah. and he explained that to Esau um, in the story. So yeah, Esau is a, is a illustration here about well, who was it that said like choosing the lesser now oh, uh, instead of the, the greater later or something <laughs> like <laughs> you heard that before? Said that. Did I? I don't think I made that up, but like president Ugdorf or something anyway but uh he's a classic example of choosing the lesser now and and foregoing and losing out on the greater later like that he um and then and when he realizes that i suppose he's kind of caught in in the reality of, of his choices and the consequences that come he does seem to throw a tantrum and and rebecca seems to understand that it'll he'll cool off (laughs) later right as well um like she knows her kids uh here and so um and then there's a great story later it's not this week's content but later about esau and jacob that i i really love about yeah. their forgiveness and yeah reconciliation yep that's but, a good one all right that's gonna be a big day actually so uh plan that one well that uh genesis 25 through 27 day You've got an acquiring spiritual knowledge lesson, part three, for Dr. Mashi. Those are great lessons. Make sure you do that one. Is there anything we need to say about that? Yeah, it's just, it's a review mm-hmm. of the acquiring spiritual knowledge pattern, which they yes. might need now. Like it, it might be long enough since the beginning of this semester that they need a little review. But again, it's, if you don't feel like they need that review, you can do something else. Maybe you want to divide out and do 25 and 26 on Wednesday, and then you can do 27 on Thursday right. if you don't feel like they need that acquiring spiritual knowledge review. Excellent. Friday is a doctoral mastery. Is it Genesis? Yeah, Genesis 2, 24. Um, and, and you can do some great, some fantastic scripture study, scripture learning using Genesis 2, 24. I think they can memorize that one. Yeah, it's good. And short and sweet, but it's also fits with the content. If you want to um, emphasize how much the marriage covenant uh-huh. in these lessons with chapter 24 and 27, if you can emphasize the marriage covenant so much and, and then this doctrinal mastery kind of the content of it fits really well with these chapters. Yeah. Excellent. You know, I was, uh, I was talking to a, a friend of another faith, Foof, uh, and um, he was telling me about his belief in Adam and Eve and that they were just created out of out of nothing, right? Uh, Genesis 2.24 is a great scripture that indicates, I mean, Adam says, therefore shall man leave his father and mother. How, you know, obviously Adam had a father and a, and a mother, and so did Eve, had a father and a mother. There's a great little testimony there that yeah, that Adam and Eve came from a mom and a dad. And so just a little truth there, side note for you. Found, I mean, where are you going to find in the scriptures that the Adam and Eve come from a father and mother? You'd have to read all the way into Genesis chapter two to figure that one out. So people get that far into the Bible. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything else you want to say, brother Wayne? No, I, no, that's a, those are good chapters. And, um, keep talking to us if there's questions or concerns or what you're, what you're seeing in your classes that you need help with. Excellent. You know, and we might add teachers. um, If you're interested, if you know some uh, young adults that 
aren't currently enrolled in an institute class, talk up institute for them. And if they can't attend a class, Brother Wing and I do a podcast for uh, for institute students. And if you want the info on that, like uh, you can look that up. It's answers to gospel questions. You can search that on Spotify or um, or Apple Podcasts and send that to those young single adults. And that'd be pretty awesome. So, all right, everybody. We love your guts. Stay righteous.